You are listening to the Berkeley Technology Law Journal podcast. This is 5 Minutes in Tech Law. Here are some recent technology law headlines we thought you should know about. I'm Dan Noel. And I'm Barbara Stuvihradová. Today we will be covering Twitter's ban on political ads, an update on border searches of electronic devices, antitrust concerns over FOPay, and good old personal jurisdiction. As of last Friday, Twitter's policy banning political ads has come into effect. No political content may be promoted on Twitter. The new rules apply globally to all ad types available on Twitter. By political content, the company means, quote, content that references a candidate, political party, elected or appointed government official, election, referendum, ballot measure, legislation, regulation, directive or judicial outcome, unquote. Ads that contain references to political content are prohibited too. Political action committees, candidates, parties, governments or officials are all banned from advertising content altogether. Exemptions allow for both news coverage of political issues and cause-based content. In other words, quote, ads that educate, raise awareness and or call for people to take action in connection with civic engagement, economic growth, environmental stewardship or social equity causes, unquote. The company said it will be transparent in dealing with individual issues, which may provide clarity for these rather vague terms. Twitter's policy announcement comes amid Facebook's struggle to come up with a policy for political advertisements that addresses concerns with its platform while still taking advantage of the immunity technology platforms enjoy under Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. An update to one of our headlines from our October 31st podcast. A federal district court judge in Massachusetts ruled that before border officials can search the electronic device of a person traveling internationally, they must have a reasonable suspicion the device contains some sort of contraband. The case, a 2017 suit brought by the ACLU on behalf of 11 passengers whose phones were confiscated and searched at the border, challenged the amount of latitude granted to officials by the border search exemption to the Fourth Amendment. As reported by Law 360, Judge Denise J. Casper's ruling in Al-Assad et al. v. Duke et al. narrowed the border search exemption to the Fourth Amendment but did not go so far as to require that border officials obtain a warrant before searching devices. Though Judge Casper acknowledged the, quote, reduced expectation of privacy at the international border, unquote, she also indicated the government's interest in vetting persons crossing the border must be weighed against the privacy intrusion against the individual. Citing the Supreme Court's 2014 ruling in Riley v. California, Judge Casper noted the unique privacy interest at risk in electronic device searches because of the vast amount of data those devices store. Because of those privacy interests, Judge Casper ruled that officials must meet a reasonable suspicion standard before performing a so-called advanced search of a device using external equipment or a basic search. While requiring specific and articulable facts in combination with rational inferences drawn from those facts, a reasonable suspicion standard also grants a level of discretion to officials. Though the low bar set by reasonable suspicion may explain why the plaintiffs advocated for a warrant requirement instead, privacy advocates still see this decision as a win. Apple is facing significant pressure to open up access to key technology used in Apple Pay in Europe. The vital ingredient is the near-field communication, or NFC, chip, which allows wireless connection between devices. Apple currently blocks other iOS applications from accessing iPhone's NFC used for Apple Pay. 
Other companies can make iPhone apps using QR codes for payments, but only Apple Pay can use NFC for payments on any Apple device. Although QR codes haven't been popular in Europe, contactless payments of the kind NFC makes possible are ahead. Last week, German lawmakers voted on a series of anti-money laundering measures. The laws contained, among other provisions, a section which would require tech companies to open up their interfaces for payment services to competition for a reasonable fee. The laws still have to pass through the upper house of parliament, the Bundeswehr. During the debate, several lawmakers complained that Apple, as well as the US embassy officials, have sought to influence the chancellery to allow Apple to keep a grip on its chip. A growing number of academics and lawyers sees Apple's control over the NFC chip as a way to block competition and make Apple Pay more popular. The German bill comes after EU competition regulators announced at the end of October that they have distributed a questionnaire to online sales companies asking whether they have been contractually obligated to use Apple Pay instead of rival services. The European Commission said it had information suggesting that Apple may have restricted online payments via apps and websites in violation of EU competition rules and the Commission therefore decided to seek information from other market participants. Apple claims it protects NFC chip for the sake of security of financial data of the consumers and that the legislation was introduced very suddenly and caught it by surprise. The company's spokesperson also emphasized that Apple deeply believes in competition and that customers have many options. They can use credit cards and other payment methods besides Apple Pay. Now, in honor of all our 1Ls preparing for their civil procedure exams, the intersection of technology and personal jurisdiction. As reported by the New Jersey Law Journal, the case, being heard at the New Jersey Appellate Court, involved the sale and shipment of a single car over the internet from a seller in California to a buyer in New Jersey. Now, get ready for your issue spotter. The seller had not previously used the host website, was not in the business of selling cars, and the transaction was the first between the parties. A CivPro professor's dream hypo, the case required, quote, application of traditional constitutional principles of personal jurisdiction and due process in the context of a retail sale contract made over the internet, unquote. And like any good CivPro exam should, Judge Jack Sabatino, who authored the opinion, cited the entire pantheon of personal jurisdiction case law. Pinoyer, International Shoe, Bristol-Myers Squibb, Goodyear, Dandler, Helicopteros, Worldwide Volkswagen, Burger King, Asahi, and Hansen. In the end, the panel affirmed the lower court's earlier dismissal for lack of in-personam jurisdiction. Noting the lack of precedent from the Supreme Court on personal jurisdiction where internet sales are concerned, the panel instead relied on persuasive authority from a Ninth Circuit case about an eBay sale, finding the sale was, quote, a one-shot affair, unquote, and insufficient to confer personal jurisdiction. But, aware of the proliferation of internet commerce, Judge Sabatino did not, quote, foreclose a finding of specific jurisdiction in future internet retail sale contexts in which more extensive transactional activities connected to this state occur, unquote. Sorry, one else. Judge Sabatino did not define exactly what constitutes extensive transactional activities. Thank you for listening. The BTLJ podcast is brought to you by Ellen Halder and the members of the podcast team at Berkeley Technology Law Journal. Today's episode was written by Dan Noel and Barbara Studihradova. Our producer this week is Yeshi Shu. We are committed to bringing you interesting news and conversations involving the intersection of technology and the law. If you enjoyed our podcast, 
please support us by subscribing and rating us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you found our podcast so we can reach other listeners. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, write us at btljpodcast at gmail.com. The information presented is not legal advice and may not be up to date. This podcast is intended for academic and entertainment purposes only. Don't get legal advice from podcasts. Talk to a lawyer. <laughs>